welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. You can be sure to never miss an episode of the podcast by subscribing using your favorite podcast software, including uh, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. Today's program is dedicated to the memory of Clarence Gilliard. Uh, Mr. Gilliard passed away just after Thanksgiving. When I was growing up, I knew him through his work as Conrad McMaster's on... Matlock, but he had a much longer run and is perhaps better remembered for playing Jimmy Trevette throughout the entire run of Walker, Texas Ranger, as well as in a revival TV movie. He was also known for his uh, work in the film Die Hard. After so many years on network television, he took a a big step back from professional acting. He got his master's degree and became an associate uh, professor at the University of Nevada in Las Vegas. He started to do a bit more acting over the past 10 years. And he recorded a promo for us last year for the beginning of our run through Tales of the Texas Rangers and to promote that. And through my limited interaction uh, with him, he was a true pro and did a good job uh, as someone who has enjoyed his work uh, and certainly as someone who appreciates what he meant for portrayals of the Texas Rangers in media. He'll definitely be missed. Now let's get into this week's episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. And this one originally aired on February 17th, 1952. And I will go ahead and just give fair warning that this episode does deal with a realistic depiction of the racial situation of this era. So listener discretion is advised, but let's go ahead and take a listen to the episode Cold Blood. of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. Dates and places in the following story are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Later this evening, great entertainment continues on the NBC radio network with such stellar programs as The Big Show, The Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, Theater Guild on the Air, and The $64 Question. Immediately following Tales of the Texas Rangers, you will hear The Big Show with Tallulah Bankhead and all of her guest stars, along with Meredith Wilson and The Big Show Chorus and Orchestra. 
The Big Show brings 90 minutes of enjoyable listening. And then Phil Harris and Alice Faye step before the NBC microphones to bring you mirth and music in their own inimitable manner. Later, it's Theater Guild on the air. And then, too, you'll be happily entertained by Jack Parr as he asks the $64 question. So keep tuned here for continuous great entertainment. And now back to Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, from the files of the Texas Rangers, the case called Cold Blood. It is 7.30 on the night of April 22nd, 1935. In a shack in a poor section of Lundy, an East Texas town, a young widow feeds her baby. As the room grows dark, she gets up and crosses to an oil lamp on the table. Now you hush, honey. Don't you be crying. We'll have us a nice bright light in just a minute. There. You see, honey? I told you I'd get rid of the shadow. Who's there? It's Eli, Nelly. Open up, quick. Eli. What you doing off the farm on a weeknight? Don't stand talking, Nelly. Let me in. Lock it. Lock the door. Eli, you're hurt. You got yourself in trouble, ain't you? Let me sit down. I got a wrist. A wrist. Nelly, put out the light. All right, Eli. What kind of trouble you in? I run all the way from the farm. All the way. I'm your sister, Eli. I got a right to know what kind of trouble. Nelly, I'm scared, Nelly. I'm scared bad. Oh, honey, don't. You sit right there. I'm going to get some water. I'll wash the blood off your face. Don't light the lamp. Don't you worry. There's some light from the street. I see pretty good in the dark anyhow. Hush, baby. I'm busy now. Now, this will hurt some, Eli. There. <laughs> You're a good sister, Nelly. She always was a good sister. Oh, still. You gonna tell me about it? Miss Dean. She dead. Miss Dean? Mr. Dean say I kill her. He come down to my shack. Say Miss Dean dead and I kill her. Say my coat was in the room where she's dead. He beat me, Nelly. You fight him? No. He's all right. I tripped him. He fell on the floor and I run away. All the way from the farm, I run. Eli, you ought to go to the shack. I can't. You know that. I go yeah, in the town. I know. I gotta I know. hide. I gotta hide fast. What good's that gonna do? They'll get you. They'll get you sure. I got to hide. A few days they don't find me, maybe I can get out of the state. Then they'll never find oh, me. Oh, they'll find you. Where are you figuring on hiding? You know that old shack in the swamp? Place we used to play when we was kids? It ain't good enough. They'll find you sure. But you're right. You gotta hide, and you gotta have food. Nelly. Uh-huh. There's something you ain't asked me yet. Now, look, here's a loaf of bread and some smoked meat. It ain't much, but it'll keep you going, Spell. Nelly, you ain't asked me if I did kill Miss Dean. I don't have to ask, Eli. You're my brother, and that's all I need to know. You're a good sister. If you're gonna hide, you better get out of here. Yeah, they're here looking for more. Let them come. They ain't gonna hear nothing from me. You be careful, Eli. You be awful careful. I will. Maybe when I get away, I can write you. Let you know where I am. You don't write me nothing. You hear nothing. I'll let me look out first. Go ahead now. So long. So long. Funny. God bless you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sheriff was notified by Ralph Dean, a farmer, that his wife had been murdered. 
He hurried to the scene of the crime and then requested assistance from the Texas Rangers. Shortly past 10 p.m., Rangers Jace Pearson and Clay Morgan arrived at the Dean Farmhouse. The sheriff met them at their car. Howdy, Sheriff. Well, howdy, boys. Howdy. Body's in the bedroom. I left everything just like it was. Her husband's still around? Yeah. He was going to take off, but I figured you'd want to talk to him. He's waiting in the front room now. Come on. Where'd he want to take off for? Hey, you know how it is, Jace. Dean says it was his hired hand killed his wife. He's boiling mad. He wants to go out looking for the boy himself. What's the hired hand's name? Eli Wilbur. Been with Dean near five years. We haven't been able to locate him since the murder. Uh, Ralph? Uh, Ralph, this is Ranger Pearson and Ranger Morgan. I do, Mr. Dean. We're sorry to hear about your wife. Yeah. Glad you're here, Rangers. Maybe you can talk some sense into the sheriff. Now, you look here, Ralph. You look here, Sheriff. I told you when I called you, Eli Wilbur killed my wife. What are you waiting for? Why ain't you got a posse out tracking them down? Because I'm handling this my own way, Ralph. Your way. Man be pamping around like this. Why, he's probably miles away by now. He's got to be killed, I tell you. Just the way he killed my wife. If he's guilty, we'll get him. You'll get him. I'm telling you one thing, Sheriff. If that boy ain't taken care of, I'm going to see to it. You ain't elected again. Listen here, Ralph. He ain't taking threats from you nor nobody else. Why, Just you... a minute, both of you. Sheriff, take Clay into the bedroom where he can have a look at the body. I want to ask Mr. Dean a few questions. All right, Jace. Yeah, right through here, Clay. Yeah. What makes you think Eli killed your wife, Mr. Dean? Think? I know. His coat's in there, isn't it? Ripped in half, pieces still in Ethel's hand. She she must... Ethel, she's dead. She's dead, Ranger. What time did you find your wife's body? Oh, b- about six. When I come in from the fields and went out pulling stumps till then. Wasn't Eli with you? No. Played sick today. Well, I'd only know when I... Did Eli come into the house often? Of course not. Only when I called him. Thanks, Mr. Dean. That'll be all for now. You gonna get the sheriff to organize that posse? That won't be necessary. Well, then I'm gonna organize one of my own. I got these friends here. That boy ain't gonna get away with this. We're gonna catch him and... You let us handle this. We'll get the person who killed your wife. All right, Ranger. There's no law again us taking a little trip into the swamps to hunt gators, is there? Take my advice, Mr. Dean. Don't interfere with the law. She was strangled, Chase. Must have put up quite a fight from the look of the room. Uh-huh. These bruises on her neck are pretty bad. man who put them there must have had strong fingers. Yeah, I've had a good look around. Aside from that coat she's holding, there's not much in the way of evidence. The coat belongs to the boy, all right. I'd say it looks mighty bad for him. He can't get far away. We'll put out a bulletin on him. If he's gone into those swamps, all the bulletins in the world ain't gonna do no good. Has he got any relatives in town? A sister, Nellie Johnson. My deputy was there early this evening. She wouldn't tell him nothing. Don't believe you'll get much information from her. We'll try our luck anyhow. Come on, Clay. Yes. You Nellie Johnson? Yes, sir. We'd like to talk to you. Oh, come in, sir. You too, sir. We're looking for your brother, Nellie. Can you tell us where he is? He didn't do it, Mr. Ranger. I know Eli didn't kill Miss Dean. How did you know Miss Dean was killed, Nellie? That gentleman who worked for the sheriff, he come here early tonight looking for Eli. 
Same as Dean was dead. I, I told him Eli didn't do it. Maybe he didn't, but he shouldn't have run away. If he run away, it's only because he's scared. Have you seen Eli tonight? No, sir. I ain't seen him for a full week. He stay out to Miss Dean's farm. Do you have any idea where he might be hiding? Oh, no, sir. Can't say as I do. Nellie, if Eli killed Mrs. Dean, we're going to catch him. He'll be punished for what he did. But if he's innocent, we're going to protect him. You understand that, don't you? Yes, sir. Then you know we have to find him. We can't help him if we don't. Mr. Ranger, you've got to believe what I say. I don't know where Eli is. I, I just don't know. You're sure he wasn't here earlier this evening? Oh, yes, sir. I'm real sure. Nellie, these two spots here by the table leg, you know what they are? I... No, sir. I, I don't know. They're fresh bloodstains, Nellie. You want to tell us how they got there? Well, sir... Oh, yes, sir. I remember now. When I was fixing supper, I, I cut my finger. Where'd you cut your finger? Show us. I... Oh, Mr. Ranger, please. If you didn't cut your finger, somebody else must have left those blood spots. He was here tonight, wasn't he, Nellie? Eli was here. Mr. Ranger. Why don't you tell us what you know? It'll be better all the way around. I don't want him to get hurt. My baby brother, I know he didn't do nothing. I don't want him to get hurt. He won't get hurt, Nellie. We can promise you that. He was here, wasn't he? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He was here. When? About 7.30, just after he run from the farm. Why'd he run away? He found out Miss Dean was dead, and he was scared of Miss Dean, and scared the people in town do something to him. You know where he is now? Yes, sir. He's hiding in the shack in the swamp. Place we call old Moccasin Shack. Oh, please, Mr. Ranger. Don't let nothing happen to Eli. Don't let nothing happen to him. Don't worry, Nellie. We'll see Eli gets a fair deal all the way through. By the way, how'd he get hurt? Hurt? Well, he must have been bleeding when he came here. How'd it happen? You won't tell Mr. Dean I told you? Just tell us how it happened, Nellie. Well, sir, Mr. Dean come after Eli. Say he killed Miss Dean, he beat Eli. Make Eli's face bleed. All right, Nellie. Thanks. You know, Jace, she might have been telling the truth about how Eli got hurt. But it could be Mrs. Dean scratched him while they were struggling. I don't think so. There would have been skin under her fingernails, and there wasn't. Yeah, but if Dean did beat up Eli, it means he saw him after the murder. Uh-huh. If he did, it's something he forgot to tell me. Uh-huh. And maybe we ought to have another talk with him. We will, after we pick up Eli. Let's find out how to get to Moccasin Shack. The sheriff wasn't in his office, but his deputy told us how to reach the shack Nellie had described. We drove to the edge of town, unloaded our horses from the trailer, and rode toward the swamp. We reached it about nine that morning and started in. Shouldn't be far now, Chase. There's the three oaks and the willow the deputy told us about. Uh-huh. Shack ought to be about a hundred yards in from here. Not exactly the kind of place I'd like to spend a vacation. Well, I never heard anybody advertising it as a resort, but... Oh, Charlie. Oh. Clay, listen. Sounds like we're not the only ones out after Eli this morning. Yeah, reckon Dean didn't take my advice after all. Let's get going. That could mean a lot of trouble. At least they don't seem to know where Eli is. Let's hope we do. I got a hunch Nellie was telling the truth. If Eli hasn't heard those dogs and taken off deeper into the swamp, we ought to find him. Well, it won't take us long to know. Chase, there's a the shack. Oh, full charky. Who oh, that? Oh. Stay on your toes, Clay. He's liable to make a break. Yeah. 
looks empty, Jason. Yeah. I thought it was at first, too. Huh? This piece of rotten flooring. All right, Eli. Come up out of there. You arranged it. Thank God. Oh, thank God. Well, I'll be under the floorboard. Please, please, don't let them get me. Please. Nobody's going to get you, Eli. You're coming back to town with us. They catch me, they won't listen to nothing I got to say. I hear them the whole night. They got dogs. Crawl up, Eli. Yes, sir. Please don't let them hurt me, Mr. Ranger. They want to kill me. I know they want to kill me. Don't worry. If anybody's going to get you, you'll have to get us first. In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. None of us would knowingly betray our country or endanger our loved ones and homes. Yet, each of us betrays all these when we are tolerant of or don't fight back at group prejudice. When we stand for such hate, we're doing the very thing that communists want us to do. They'd like to see us divided. Christian against Jew, white neighbor against colored neighbor, or native-born against foreign-born. If our enemies could divide all the small groups that make up this country, then we would be weak and could be easily overcome. Now, as probably never before, we need to be united as an example to our allies who look to us for hope and as a warning to our enemies that we are truly a united states of America. Work for understanding, accept or reject people on their individual worth, refuse to listen to or spread rumors against a race or religion. Speak up, wherever you are, against prejudice. And now, back to Tales of the Texas Rangers. We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and our authentic story, Cold Blood. We got Eli out of the shack and onto my horse. As we started for town, we could hear the sound of dogs and men getting closer. When we reached solid ground and came into a clearing, we saw them ranged across the path we had to take. There were eight of them on horses with Dean at their head. A group of men was silent as we stopped at the edge of the clearing, 30 yards away from them. They look pretty mean, Jase. They're all armed. They're going to get me. I know they're going to get me. Take it easy, Eli. What do you say, Jase? We'll go through. Walk your horse slow and don't say anything unless they speak to us. Eli? Yes, sir. There's a fight and something happens to our horse. Stay close to me. Yes, sir. You reckon they'll be crazy enough to try anything? Won't be long till we find out. Pick up Charky. Don't look like they're going to move, Jish. Maybe not. Morning, Rangers. Morning, Mr. Dean. If you don't mind, we'd like to get past. Sure, Rangers, sure. Just thought his house since we all met out here. We'd have a nice, friendly talk. I'm glad you mentioned it, because I want to have a talk with you. Right now, I'm a little busy. Yeah. Got yourself a prisoner, I see. We didn't do so good in our hunt. Whole night at it, and we're empty-handed. Too bad. If you and your friends will get out of the way, we'd like to get our man back to town. Expect you would. Wonder how it would be if we helped you. Be a shame if he got away after you took so much trouble getting him. We'll manage. All right, Ranger. Open up there for the Rangers, boys. Thanks. 
I meant what I said about that talk. We'll be out to see you this afternoon. Sure. Anytime. And Ranger. Yeah? Just make sure that boy there gets the kind of trial he deserves. I believe he will. Now. It was past noon when we got Eli back to town and into a cell. He was still scared, but recovered enough to eat a good-sized meal. At one o'clock, we went up to question him. Sheriff led Clay and me along to the cell block. Well, one thing, Chase, you can be sure Eli's going to get all the attention we can give him. He's the only prisoner we got now. Yeah, probably better that way. Don't know what Dean and his gang might try. Oh, damn. Clay told me you had a little trouble on the way in, Mm -hmm. but I don't expect him to try much now. Bunch of blowhards. No, the same. I wouldn't like to have been Eli if they'd have caught him out in that swamp. Yeah, that's different. But here in the lockup, me and my deputy's on the job. Yeah, I'll be down the corridor. Holler when you want me. Thanks, Sheriff. Hello, Eli. You feel better now? Yes, sir. Much better. Not so scared now. Good. We just want to ask you a few questions. Yes, sir. Eli, did you kill Mrs. Dean? No, sir. Your coat was found in her hands. Mr. Ranger, I don't know how come my coat got in Miss Dean's hands, but I didn't kill her. Did you tell Mr. Dean you were sick yesterday afternoon? Sick? No, sir. I've never been sick a day in my life. Mr. Dean said that you told him you were. Wonder how come he said that? He knowed I wasn't sick. Sent me out in the field with the mule, told me to pull stumps. And you went out there? Yes, sir. I was out there all afternoon. Come in toward evening. Mr. Dean with you? No, sir. He stayed in to the house. Say, Miss Dean, she don't feel so good. She didn't sound like she was sick, though. How do you mean? I come up to the house after lunch to find out what I got to do the rest of the day. I hear Miss Dean talking pretty loud to Mr. Dean. Could you hear what she was saying? No, sir. I don't listen much no more. Miss Dean, she always speaks right sharp to Mr. Dean. Yes. Uh-huh. Eli, when did you see Mr. Dean last? When he come to my shack after I come in from the field. Why did he come to see you? Because Miss Dean was dead. Mr. Dean say I done it. He wouldn't listen to nothing. I didn't kill Miss Dean. I swear I didn't. Did anybody else see you out in the field yesterday afternoon? Well, no, sir. Don't reckon nobody did. Eli, were you working all afternoon? Yes, sir. I was working the whole... No, sir. I forgot. I quit one once. What for? I stopped to kill me a rattler. You what? There was a big rattler curled up in the sun next to a stump. I didn't see him till the mule squealed. Then I picked up a rock and let fly. Killed him right off. Did you leave the snake line where you killed him? Yes, sir. I got no use for no rattler, dead or alive. Eli, this is important. I want you to tell me exactly where you killed that rattlesnake. Well, sir, it was someplace in Mr. Dean's north field. But so much happened since yesterday, I don't recollect just where. Reckon we'll have to stage our own private snake hunt. Uh-huh. Some folks say it's bad luck to kill a rattler, Mr. Ranger. Appears like mine's already started. Don't worry, Eli. Killing that rattler might bring you more good luck than anything you ever did. We found the dead rattler where Eli said he'd killed it, in Dean's North Field. We took the remains of the snake with us, figuring our lab could tell us approximately how long it had been dead. Then we decided to call our hand with Dean, but he wasn't home. We headed for town. It was 5.20 when we pulled up in front of the sheriff's office. He was standing outside. I could tell something was wrong even before he reached the car. Chase, 
Clay, I, I was just going to call your headquarters and have them get you fellows on the radio. What's wrong? Somebody just broke in the jail. They took Eli away. Holy! Who was it, Sheriff? That's just it, Jace. I don't know. I'd swear it was Ralph Dean and his bunch, but I don't know. How'd it happen? Well, everything was quiet. There, there wasn't even nothing you could feel in town like you sometimes can. I went home for supper and left my deputy here. They broke in then? Yep. Got my deputy just as he was coming down from taking Eli's supper. Slugged him and got the keys. He didn't even get a look at him. Oh, I never should have left. Uh, you couldn't have known. The thing we've got to do Sheriff, now is that... Somebody awfully excited about something. Why, Attorney Matthews. Sheriff, I've been trying to call you. Well, what is it, Ernie? Let me catch my brother. The, that boy had in jail. Yeah, what about him? They got him. Who? Scum, nothing but scum. Ralph Dean, the rest of his crowd. They're crazy, Sheriff. I'm crazy. Where were they heading? I don't know. I was out cutting wood back in my place. Saw him riding past. Got the boy. They're crazy. Are they going away from town past your place? Yeah, yeah. Probably Graham Woods, Jace. Come on, Sheriff. Show us where it is. <laughs> The sheriff drove ahead and we followed. When we got as far as we could by road, we unloaded the horses and the sheriff pointed out Graham Woods. Clay and I started out. Five minutes later, we were entering the woods. It was just getting dark as we picked up the trail. Track seemed to lead right into the woods, Jason. Yeah. Hope we're not too late. At least we won't have any trouble getting the ones who did it. That's not enough. We've got to save that boy's life. Jace! Over there to the left. Yeah. Get up. Come on. We ride in as close as we can, then make the rest of it on foot. Wouldn't it be faster if we went all the way on horses? Yeah, but if they hear us coming, they'll kill Eli and take off before we get there. They'll probably be too busy to hear anything. They won't take the chance. This lap would be close enough. We'll, we'll check. Flashlight. Go easy, Clay. Yeah. Please listen to me. I didn't kill Miss Dean. You gotta listen to me. She's like the boys want you to have your last day in life. All right? Go ahead. Talk. That's Dean. Uh-huh. What are you waiting for, Eli? You wanted to talk? We're listening. I know it ain't no use, Mr. Dean. But I tell you again, I didn't kill Mr. Dean. What was your coat doing in my wagon? I don't know, Mr. Dean. Honest, I Your coat was in her hands and you ran away. Mr. Dean. Honest, I did. That's enough for me. What about you, boy? Don't kill me. Don't kill me. You got the rope ready? Please. Please. All right, put him on the horse. No. Let's take him, Clay. Right with you. Hold it. All of you. Drop those guns. I said drop those guns. That's better. Now, all of you, stay where you are. Untie Eli, Clay. Get him down off that horse. Right. All right, Ranger. You stopped us. What for? He's going to die anyhow. He never had a chance to prove his innocence, Dean. He's a murderer, ain't he? He killed my wife. I'm not so sure of that. You found his coat in Ethel's hands. What more do you want? It could be Eli didn't leave that coat. What are you talking about, Ranger? Let me see your hands, Dean. What for? Let me see them. No, the backs. How'd you get those bruises on your knuckles? Well, they're from pulling stumps yesterday. You sure they didn't get bruised from beating up Eli? You're crazy. I never beat him up. Maybe you waited till Eli came in from work, accused him of killing your wife, beat him up and let him get away so you could get your gang of hoodlums after him. Uh, that's he... a lie. I never seen Eli. I was working in the fields all afternoon. Alone. Eli says he was the only one working in the fields that's yesterday. Oh, that's he does, eh? Hey? Well, whose word are you going to take? Mine Wait or... a minute, Dean. We might be able to prove Eli was in the fields. Oh. He said he killed a rattlesnake. We found it where he said it would be. If our lab says it was killed yesterday afternoon, it's pretty good proof. You trying to railroad me? You know better than that. But you got to prove where you were yesterday afternoon. What I got to prove anything for? 
Because if you don't, you got a murder charge against you for killing your wife. You hear that, boys? You're going to stand here and let him take sides against us? The only side I'm taking is the law of Texas. Come on. You're going back to town. I ain't going nowhere. I said, come on. You ain't taking me. No. Get up, Dean. All right, the rest of you. Come on, stop moving. Go. Get up. You're going to get something you tried to keep Eli from having. A fair trial. Go on. Eli? Yes, sir? You walk with me. Yes, sir. In just a moment, we will tell you the results of the case you have just heard. There's fine entertainment every day right here on the NBC Radio Network. Monday through Friday, you'll find interesting daytime programs on this station, too. There's fun with Walter O'Keefe as he quizzes his contestants on Double or Nothing. Listen, and you'll find this one of the funniest programs on the air. And make it a note to hear the program of the heart, Strike, a, Strike It Rich. You'll hear people from all over the country on Strike It Rich and on Welcome Travelers, too. Maybe your neighbors will be the next guests on these fine programs, so keep listening every day Monday through Friday on NBC. In the Mad and Merry department, we bring you the Ralph Edwards Show on most NBC stations. Listen as Ralph plays Truth or Consequences with his contestants and brings you enjoyable listening. And Dave Garraway brings you 15 minutes of music and humor each weekday. It's all for fun and fun for all when you tune to NBC Daytime Radio. So make it a day to brighten your household chores with a fine program sent your way every day on this station of the NBC Radio Network. And now, back to Tales of the Texas Rangers. And now, here are the results of the case you have just heard. Laboratory investigation of the rattlesnake upheld Eli Wilbur's story. Faced with this and other evidence, Ralph Dean confessed to killing his wife after a violent quarrel over money. The seven men who assisted in the attempted lynching were tried before a jury of citizens of their own county and given prescribed jail terms. Dean, convicted of murder, was sentenced to life imprisonment at Huntsville. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers... Cast included Tony Barrett, Vivian Baber, Bob Davis, Parley Bear, Herb Ellis, and Bill Johnstone. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Charles E. Israel, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gibney speaking. Next, the big show brings you drama, comedy, and music on NBC. Welcome back. If it seemed that the episode fought into the PSA theme, there's a reason for it. This episode was released during National Brotherhood Week, which is the third week in February. 
It was something that radio focused on quite a bit, certainly in PSAs. It was uh, set to occur around the time of George Washington's birthday. And the reason for that was because of Washington's famous letter to the Hebrew congregation at uh, Newport, Rhode Island, in which he described the government of the United States taking a policy uh, of to bigotry, no sanction, to persecution, no assistance. This episode raises an interesting argument that racial divisions and religious uh, divisions at home and uh, bigotry along those lines damages the U.S.'s credibility overseas. And there certainly was truth in that. Oftentimes when the U.S. brought up the Soviet Union's human rights abuses, they would hit back with some, you know, what about what's going on in the South sort of arguments to distract from their own horrible conduct. Brotherhood Week as a concept is something that a lot of people questioned or even denigrated. On Jack Webb's One Out of Seven radio program in 1947, he did an episode pointing out all of the violence and persecution that went on in a typical period of time, as if to say, you know, what's going on the president may be saying it's Brotherhood Week, but this is what's going on in the real world. And Tom Ferrer sang a song that essentially suggests that the whole thing was a very hypocritical uh, practice because everybody really hated everybody else. I feel like those sort of criticisms may have missed the point or missed the opportunity. I think those who tried to do something with Brotherhood Week in good faith were aiming at a direction to move the country in, not necessarily acting like uh, the country had arrived. But as to the episode itself, with some of the past episodes we've heard where folks have committed murder and tried to railroad and frame black men for having committed the crimes, you can definitely understand Eli's fear of being lynched and why he ran. Because I think in each of the cases we've heard on Tales of the Texas Rangers, it, they've all had the basic idea of trying to quickly frame and railroad the innocent person and even try to get them lynched before the evidence can be examined. Now, of course, from a listener perspective, because we have heard these other episodes, we do kind of know where this one was going. But it was a scenario that did play out several times in real life. Well, listener comments and feedback now. And we have a comment on Twitter from Ed who writes, Mr. Graham, I subscribe to every old-time radio detective podcast you've produced. Thank you so much for preserving such a wonderful form of entertainment. Well, thank you, Ed. I appreciate your comment, and uh, thanks so much for following us on Twitter. Well, now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Charlie, Patreon supporter since October 2019, currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Charlie. And that will do it for today. A reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast with your favorite podcast software, including TuneIn, Stitcher, 
or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. And if you are enjoying this podcast on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and uh, mark the notification bell. We'll be back here next Saturday with an episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers. But join us back here tomorrow for a feed drop from Andrew Ryan's new podcast series, where you'll hear... Rick. Rick, I thought I'd better tell you, they're looking for you. Huh? Oh, hello, Cassie. Who's looking for me? You know who. The police. They're asking questions about Maureen. They know you knew her. So what? Why should they ask me questions about her? Women like her have jumped off cliffs before. Don't try to kid me, Rick. Remember, I'm Cassie, Maureen's roommate. I knew her better than even you did. Yeah, I guess you did. Maybe I never really knew her very well. Well enough to break her heart. Maybe well enough to want to get rid of her. What are you talking about? You needn't pretend with me, Rick. Maureen had no secrets with me. She told me everything. And I told the police. I had to, Rick. They kept pumping me. I had to. What did you tell them, Cassie? I told them that you loved her once, that another woman had taken her place, a society dame gone bohemian, a blonde and beautiful heiress looking for a thrill by flirting with a poor, struggling artist in a turtleneck sweater. That's enough, Cassie. Leave Sally out of this. Ah, she's in it up to the neck. Maureen was too good to take a back seat to any Miss Moneybag. I said leave her out of it. Okay. Okay. Only one more thing. I told the police about last night. What do you mean? You and Maureen had a quarrel last night, just a few hours before she died. Yeah? Okay, so we quarreled. That doesn't mean she had to go jump in the ocean, does it? No, it doesn't. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.